Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another edition of Tailgate on the Quad, and it's almost Christmas. Karen, are you excited for Christmas? Were you a good I, this year? I, I, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I hope uh, Santa gets me plenty of college football hype uh, for the upcoming bowl season. That's fair. Um, I think I was put on Santa's naughty list for all the things I said during Alabama football games. <laughs> But yeah, so it's Christmas. I'm excited. And a certain Oregon Duck got a very special present this year. Tight end Cam McCormick has been granted his ninth year of college eligibility. And how he got that was he redshirted in 2016. Season-ending injury in 2018 that kept him out for 2019. COVID year in 2020. And so he has two more years. That's Which is insane. It it also reaches a point. Why does because there are kids coming in who are seventeen. They enrolled right. early, whatever. Why, as a 26, 27 year old, do you want to hang out with seventeen year old kids? There's only two scenarios where I see this as a good thing for him. One. He has had quite a few injuries, and between those two injury years, uh, he's had COVID year, which grants the extra year of eligibility. But I think uh, that it's not that he wants to hang out. It's that he really hasn't had a chance to shine yet. Like, he hasn't – he's gone on the field this year, and that's it. That's about – I mean, yeah, he played, you know, in 2018 – and 2021, uh, this past year, uh, so like he's played, but he's got season injuries that he just hasn't have time to shine. At this point, he's more of a liability issue in terms of those injuries than anything else. But like, let's just hope he can uh, actually provide some uh, some input on the field. I mean, he 
he'd better be a fucking doctor by the time this is all said and done. Uh, yeah, and I was just going to bring that up. Like, Gabe McDonald has this great tweet. It <laughs> says he, he just tweeted the uh, Fox College Sports, like, little graphic that shows all the year, uh, all his eligibility. And he shows he better have every degree under the sun. And I'm like, yeah, dude, most people get their stuff in uh, four years. He's getting nine to at minimum two full degrees. I Yeah, I mean... He's going to be, what, 27 once he's done? Yeah, I mean, that's older than us. Yeah, I... So what we're saying is we can still play football. Yes, we still have four years of eligibility left. Awesome. But it... It's insane. Like, I want to know... Does he think he's going to the draft? No, I think that's kind of the whole point. If I think he just really wants to play out, see what he can do. And if, you know, nothing else, he gets he gets a degree out of it. That's all I can say. Watch him have like the greatest tight end season ever. Yeah. And become a first round pick. That would be the funniest thing I, I think we would ever witness. I mean, if. If Brandon Whedon can get drafted in the first round at the age of 32. Anything's possible. He actually might have been 29. I don't know why I have 32 in my head with him all the time. But, and also, I mean, I do think there doesn't need to be an age cap in college. But I think we're reaching a point where we need to have restricted ages. Meaning? So, 17 to 26, you're good. You can play. 17 to 25, I think. 17 to 25, no issues. 26 to 30, you can't play. 30 and up, I think it'd be hysterical. You go, yeah, now you can play again. (laughs) So you're going to exclude people in the prime of their life. Well, some people's prime of their lives between the ages of 26 and 30 so that they can't play college football because I presume your logic is that they should be professionals at that point. And then to add insult to injury, let them come back at 30, finish up any eligibility they have, watch them have a horrific ACL injury, and then have to hobble into work as an accountant at 31. Is that what you're saying, Kevin? Yes. Well, that's not why. (laughs) The the reasoning here is, I think... We're starting to see college athletes get older and older all the time. I mean, Hedden Hooker and Stetson Bennett, the combined quarterback age for that is 50. <laughs> They're getting close to this 26 cap. But also, I think if you're going to decide to forego college and play Major League Baseball, and it doesn't work out and you're not as good as you thought, you need to deal with those consequences for 12 years. And then you can go play college football at 30, come out at 34, and then go be an accountant or a geologist or a meteorologist or some shit or used car salesman. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I, I just think it'd be funny. And I don't want a hard cap because there are instances where, like, 60-year-olds just play, like, D2 football as a kicker. And I think that's hilarious. So Fair I want to keep that dream alive. Okay. So after 30, you're allowed to come back in regardless of age, preferably to be a kicker. Yes. 
Also, I think the age where you're at your peak is either 25 or 27. It's one of the two. I think it's 25. That's like when your cells are still multiplying at the same rate that they're decaying. After That's like the peak of it. After that, they start decaying faster than they're multiplying. So I think if you are 30 and you're still good enough to play like D1 football, you're clearly like a freak of nature. You're an athletic specimen. And I think you deserve a chance. All right. I mean, it's a compelling argument, but I, you know, in fairness, in fairness to uh, Cam McCormick, I think he has had one hell of a, uh, a road to get to 2022 at the very minimum. Like the two redshirt years, so redshirt then redshirt freshman. The season engine ending injuries, you can't do anything about. They suck. They happen. It happens to people. I get it. To have it follow into the 2019 season, and then. And then, the, and then get the eligibility for COVID on top of that, I think is hilarious just because kind of the timing of everything. But, I mean, this guy, I think he can still play. You might as well have him, you know, if, if he's – and think of how good his understanding of the offense is going to be by the time he really hits his stride next year. Yeah, I think I read he's had like 406 teammates too. Which is absurd, that's, but that's nuts. Most people don't have that in their lives. Good lord. Yeah, but I mean, and also there could be instances where the NCAA could grant waivers for this. So in this instance, the injuries, the COVID year, they would grant a waiver. You right. can still play past twenty-five. Okay. But other than that, I don't. I just think it'd be funny because that rule is so stupid, and I think it'd be hilarious. And it's so stupid. I can see. The NCAA under Mark Emmert play in putting it in place. You think it's the, it's that ridiculous that it's plausible? It's so ridiculous with absolutely no actual reasoning behind it. Yes. Or benefit, yes. Yeah, nobody no. benefits from this rule. It's just funny and stupid. And I, yeah. that is what Mark Emmert stands for. He stands for dumb things. Not necessarily funny things, because I don't think he understands that he's the butt of the joke. And money. So I think it'd be worth it. And also, that way, you get these top flight athletes who are like 30, so they're maybe stronger than these 17-year-olds coming in. And people will watch to see the (laughs) 30-year-old middle linebacker decapitate some true freshman. I was going to say the exact same situation. Yeah, it's just these freaks of nature just uh, spying the gap in the line and just exploding and blowing off some guy's head. Oh, my God. Like, so funny. Imagine a world where Troy Polamalu didn't play college football until he was 30. That would be He would have killed multiple students. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Like, a student would send an email to their professor on Monday, like, hey, I can't uh, come to class. What, you're, oh, yeah, I watched the game. Troy Polamalu really beat the crap out of you all game. Yeah. You're fine. Uh, yeah, I, I'd give them, if you took a hit from Troy Polamalu at 30 years old, I would give you an A for the semester. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, I, I don't need to no, see any, give, you are clearly too brain damaged to continue just give them the diploma at this at that point. Yeah, yeah, I will. They they've I earned would. it. They, they passed the year. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Mark Emmert, he is 
on his way out. He's retiring soon. I think it's like March. He's retiring. And the NCAA has named their new president. Soon to be former Massachusetts governor, Charlie Baker, is going is has been named the NCAA president starting in March with Mark Emmert staying on as, as an advisor through June. Kaden, what are your thoughts? I am very interested in this move, but I want to hear your thoughts first. I I genuinely don't know where to begin with this because this is like complete for me. This is completely out of left field. I mean, uh, for those of you that don't know, Kevin and I both grew up in Massachusetts. Charlie Baker was our governor for uh, well, eight, like years, eight I years. I think. Yeah, eight years. So, I mean, he was a solid guy. I have no real issue with him. I'm just really skeptical about the transition from governing a state to governing a national body politique, if you will, and how he's going to be able to do it. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't know how he did as a governor. Like, I know he was the governor. I don't know jack shit about politics, and I'm not going to bring it up here. All I know is that I'm going to be intrigued. That's all. I'm going to play a lot closer attention to the NCAA now. So uh, some people are, blast this move like oh what experience does he have to do this? what experience did mark emmerich have when he was named ncaa president like yeah charlie baker has i think more is more prepared to be the ncaa president than mark emmerich was charlie That's baker that. is a lawyer he is he played college sports he played like eight games at harvard in basketball <laughs> and he's he's used to running a state i think running the ncaa is a little easier Honestly, it, it comes with different challenges. Maybe it's about yeah. the same difficulty. But also, one thing people are overlooking. Massachusetts is a very blue state. Right. Very. It is one of the bluest states in the country outside of maybe California. Charlie Baker's a Republican. Some people like calling him a rhino, Republican in name only. But he is still a Republican. He was the he had the highest approval rating for a governor in the country during his terms. That's a good point. He's used to working with people who despise what he stands for and getting the job done. I actually love the move. I think it will start allowing the NCAA to actually make some sense. Because Mark Emmert was terrible at it. it. The decisions could be the same. Based on listening to what the teams want, what the schools want, what other people within the NCAA want. But Charlie Baker can present the ideas in a lot better way. That's true. That's very true. And I I think for the most for from Charlie Baker's point of view, I think if you can if you can get people to compromise, which he clearly did, that's more than Mark Emmerich has ever done. You know, Mark Emmerich, I feel I felt like took one direction and just stuck with it, regardless of what changes occurred. But Charlie Baker is much more willing to kind of, okay, I can't have this, so I'll get this, or I can't get that, so I'll get this. What is more important to the players? What's more important to the schools and things like that? So I think I don't think it's a I didn't think it was a bad move necessarily. It's just I have no idea how he's going to transition. Is kind of the point. It's going to be fun to watch though. Yeah, At least Charlie Baker, 
I, I have some issues with some of the things he did as governor. He's also a good guy. I was, for those who didn't know, I used to work in politics. I was an intern in politics in college. And I was at an event where a couple interns who were not 21 were drinking oh, at boy. the event. Not getting hammered, but like had a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, someone's like, oh, you want Charlie, or Governor Baker, you want to take some pictures with the interns? He's like, sure. Looks at the two of them. He was about to take it. He's like, are you guys 21? They just looked at it. He's like, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Just put the beers behind your backs for the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. See, he knows. He knows. It's going to happen. At least the very minimum is there's <laughs> no evidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or so, no picture evidence. That's what I should Yeah, say. exactly. So I, I think it's a good move. I think it'll be good for the NCAA. It'll allow them. Because I think the NCAA, it just hasn't been respected. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. The last yeah. couple of years. Mark yeah. Emmerich has really tanked the NCAA brand. I think Charlie Baker can at least frame things in a way that will make help the brand improve a bit. And even if, like you said, Emirate took one stance and just went with it, even if Charlie Baker was doing that, I feel like he could explain why a lot better. That's fair. That's fair. And and maybe so not so much uh, repair the image, but it, at the very minimum, salvage it. Yeah, I I don't think the NCAA will ever be respected again. No, but Mark it can Emirate, be salvaged. <laughs> Mark Emirate put that thought into the grave buried it and then pissed on it i think baker can sort of you know plant some grass seed maybe put some new dirt on so it doesn't smell like mark emmert's piss all the time put some <laughs> new sod down put a couple flowers on the grave market and make it make it look nice presentable yeah yeah there you go so, i love the move um big uh big baker guy baker for president ncaa president but <laughs> one of them <laughs> probably gonna end up being one of the better ones uh speaking of people have been saying that this he has no experience like i mentioned speaking of people with no experience drew Brees has been named an interim assistant for purdue for their bowl game oh yeah i love this move okay it, please explain because i don't get this at all well i mean first off it, it's drew Brees. Okay, arguably yes. a top four quarterback all time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's maybe fine. top five. Saints fans will say he's top two, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Uh, so he's probably the most famous, at least like first person you think of when you think of Purdue. Mm -hmm. And I just love when former players are coming in and coaching for their schools, even in an assistant role, like Dion Brand. Not yeah, Dion Branch. This past weekend was the interim coach for Louisville in the Fenway Bowl. That's right. Seeing him win the keg of nails at Fenway when he made his name playing for the Patriots was incredible. So I love the move. I don't know how he will do at it. I don't know how involved he will be as an assistant. But, no, it's awesome. I, I, I think I'm kind of the opposite. I think this is a stupid move. Like... I understand that Drew Brees is a great quarterback and he did great things while he was at the Saints and at Purdue and all this jazz. But like, what is he going to do between when he was hired, which is a few days ago, 
and the bowl game. Like, what is he going to add to Purdue that would be beneficial at all? Like, he's, he's what, 5'10", 5'9", or something like that? He's tiny. Like, he's... It's not like he had a very particular playing style that worked for him, that he honed day in and day out, and he perfected his craft. You can't go in with a week's time and translate that to somebody playing in a bowl game. I I just, I don't understand the move. It doesn't make any sense. If you want to bring him in as a quarterback assistant or quarterback coach next season, then do that. Don't bring him in a week before a bowl game and have him toss up a system. It's also a recruiting tool. Yeah, but everybody knows he's he is from Purdue. Nobody's going to think, oh, my but God, this see, is the next Deion Sanders. But seeing him involved in the program can uh, be used as a I recruiting tool. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. It's probably not, but it's fucking Purdue. They're not exactly having the number one recruiting class every year. I, they need every tip, they, trick they can get. Okay, granted, but at the very least, they're a power five school, whether they and they occasionally upset a, a, you know, a top two team, namely Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. You know, once every three years or whatever. And that's that's what Purdue does. But like, I don't see the benefit even as a recruiting tool to bring Breeze in. Like, I, I, I don't know if they're trying to follow the Deion Sanders route of making him a, a coach, you know, bring him in as a coach or an interim assistant or whatever, and have him go coach a, a group of five school, excuse me, group of five or an SES school, like just, you know, make something. I, I don't get the point of it. He's not Deion Sanders. You're not going to get the hype. You're not going to get the recruiting that you need. I get that Purdue needs every bit of assistance they get, but Drew Brees isn't going to change your program to a top flight program. I don't Yeah, not not in like one week. He's also not gonna kill your program. Not week. He's not gonna kill your program either. Like uh, it it's uh, Okay, fine. Yes, he's not gonna kill the program either, but it's not like it's not gonna be as good as, as everyone is like expecting it to be. Oh no, Saints fans are already saying like, oh, he should come in and save the Saints next year as an offense coordinator. Right, Shut yeah. the fuck up. No, yeah, that's a sure. that might be a terrible idea. We don't know. Like it's I I don't hate the move. I see why they're doing it. I I enjoy it. I like seeing former players involved in coaching staffs. But at the same time, I understand why you're kind of like, why the fuck are we doing this? Uh, but Purdue does have a bowl game upcoming. I have a question for you, Karen, and I'm very curious about your thoughts. Do you think players should sit out of bowl games? What are your thoughts on this? All these, like Florida, everyone opted out this past week. Um. I, as much as it pains me to say it, yes, I think players should be able to opt out of bowl games. And the reason is, is because the No, guys, not be able to. They they should definitely be able to. Should they, though? Uh, should they? Like, I'm able to go drink a bottle of whiskey right now. I shouldn't, but I'm able to do it. Do you think that's a terrible example? Like this no, is No, I get your point. So well, no, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't on on a I I guess you could call it moral grounds because like people go to these bowl games to go see you play, right? Like they want to see you in your college uniform in I don't know, Hawaii or whatever, you know, just general games. And you know, people travel make 
travel arrangements cost them thousands of dollars to get there just to see you play in bowl games. I don't think they should do it just on kind of, you know, you're kind of respecting your school and, uh, you know, doing, doing well, you know, for your own sake. Uh, but I understand why they do it. It makes sense to me, but I, I don't think they should. I think there are 40 guys every year who should opt out of bowl games. It changes year to year. I'm not saying like, oh, if you're like, oh, Bijan Robinson should be off the ass. It's like, it changes. But if you are going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft, you should 100% be opting out of your bowl game. Yeah. Maybe if you're like one of the fringe guys, like he might be a first, he might be a second. It probably play, try to get into that first category. But even that, like being a first round pick is life changing money. Yeah. It's family altering money. And the reason I bring this up is Will Anderson and Bryce Young, two guys who could go one and two in the NFL draft this year, are both playing in the Sugar Bowl. I'm excited. I'm happy they're playing. Their reasoning was I wouldn't like they both basically said, like, we've been working with this team all year. Where we wouldn't feel right just sitting at home on the couch watching our guys play. So on and so forth. You love to see stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, I do think at this point, it's also injuries aren't as big a concern late. If you have like have had five injuries and then you get injured in the bowl game, that's different. But Jamison Williams tore his ACL in the bowl game last year. First round pick still. So I think I think it doesn't it's not worth it to run the risk at times. But also, I mean, if you're trying to build a culture at a school or rebuild a culture like at Alabama, because we've had guys come in who clearly didn't fit in with the culture that Alabama was built on, then yeah, it helps. But I do think I was a little confused seeing the news. Because even though a first round draft pick, that's life altering money. There's a pretty big drop off between two and 24. Mm hmm. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see them play, but I, I was confused by the news, I think. I think if they said, no, we're not, we're opting out, we're preparing for the draft, nobody would have been mad at them for it. Everyone would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe I wasn't, maybe I was too harsh earlier when I say, like, you know, you should be respecting the school and things like that. That's not really what I meant. Like, to your point, where it's like, you want to see them play, like that, you know, that's a, a you want to see them compete in a bowl game and you want to watch them win the bowl game like those guys have worked all year and now they're just going to sideline themselves for you know second third string guys which in a way is a great thing for certain teams and certain players you know if if the number one qb let's just say for whatever year to go into the draft and this is you know number two redshirt freshman whatever chance to play and really shine on a national stage i think that's great but like you said there should be you know 40 to 60 guys that i think reasonable uh should be able to sit out you know the first two rounds should be able to sit out uh without any question after that you're right it just kind of does tail off a little bit um and so i it, it's it's one of those things where you have to make a, a judgment call. And I think that the guys being drafted in the fourth round 
doesn't really make a difference. You're going to get drafted regardless. <laughs> Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah, specifically no, him. <laughs> Had something stuck in my throat there. Yeah, Kevin, you want, you want to say that again? Just one more time? <laughs> Into the microphone? Uh, loud and clear. Well, I was trying to say... Anthony Richardson is a baby back bitch. You're going to be lucky to be drafted in the third round and you're leaving Florida high and dry, you bitch. <laughs> oh, I might get injured and I'll go from being a late third round pick to a mid fourth round pick. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> shit like that annoys me, though. Like, yes, that that's I think, stupid. I think some guys also, though, there are some coaches in college football who will run their players into the ground without a second thought about their futures. Yeah. If that's a situation, then yeah, sit out. I don't care if you're a fifth round pick. If you're if you're a fifth rounder and you tear your ACL, you're going undrafted now, bud. But I do think it, it is also a conversation to be out with the coaches. Like, hey, I'm not gonna like I'll play, but I don't want to play the whole game, or like I'll trust your judgment. Some coaches, I think Nick Saban's one of them. I think we'll see. Bryce Young and Will Anderson, maybe for the first half. Mm-hmm. And then I think second half, you're going to see more Jalen Milroe, maybe Ty Simpson, and then Dallas Turner playing more in Will Anderson's spot to just kind of see how he is and also protect your two-star players. Mm-hmm. But It's also a great gauge for coaches uh, for, like, next year. They're like, okay, here's here's the stage. You know, let's see what you can do type thing. So it's like, you know, when – Alabama plays Tennessee next year uh, in those big games. <laughs> oh, he's mad. Oh, he's very mad. He's smiling, but he's mad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, it, it's fine. Uh, it, 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 the streak had to end eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, Tennessee fans are the worst. I love the fact that they made commemorative coffee table books and ornaments <laughs> And this is their greatest season of the past pr- maybe like 20 years. God. And they finished behind Alabama in the rankings. Oh, Jesus, that's bad. It, it's glorious. It's, it's so oh, funny. I love it. I fucking hate Tennessee. <laughs> but no, I was pissed. Also, um, Will Levis opted out. He's probably a first-round pick. But even if he was like a third-round pick, he dealt with injuries all year. Stuff Situations like that make sense. If you're dealing with injuries and then you're going to the draft out the year, then yeah, sit out. It makes sense. But I was pissed to see Anthony Richardson opt out. Yeah. I don't really care. I hate it. He doesn't deserve to opt out is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck has he done to deserve the privilege of not having to play in the most important game of his team season? That's a good point. I'm sure he had a great view to watch them get blown out 33 to three while he wasn't fucking there. Cause he's a coward. Thanks. Uh, speaking of the NFL draft, uh, big news last week or so, Andre Carter from army, probably going to be their highest draft pick ever, or at least since the merger, maybe even earlier. Uh, there were rumors that he might not be able to enter the NFL draft because he would have to go through his military service. There was a bipartisan effort on both sides to get the language of a bill changed so he could enter the NFL draft. A lot of people are saying, I don't know why he's complaining, because he was very upset that he couldn't enter the draft for, at first. There are some people saying, well, yeah, you signed up for a service academy. What did you expect? Did you not think you would have to do your military service, blah, blah, blah. I see both sides of the argument. I understand they signed up. It, this wasn't a surprise to Andre Carter. It wasn't like a, 
Oh, hey, but thanks for playing for us the last couple of years. By the way, now here's your enlistment papers or however the hell that process goes. You're stationed here. Have fun. No, he knew about this when he committed. Right. But at the same time, Andre Carter going in the first round of the NFL draft is so much more effective for West Point than any ad they could ever run. Any GoArmy.com or any GoArmy ad. No, Andre Carter is a first round pick and playing well on Sundays is way better than yep. any amount of money yep. the military could put forth. 100%. 100%. It, this isn't saying he's not going to fulfill his military service. Mm-hmm. He might do it after he retires. Joe Cardona went to Navy. Uh, he was a long snap, He's a long snapper for the Patriots. He did his service as a member of the reserves on weekends running drills. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That's an option. Andre Carter is so much more effective for the military playing on Sundays and then running drills at a base in whatever state he's drafted to. Yep. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I had I had this this same argument um, with uh, my girlfriend's dad because he he's a, a military guy um, and he he was. I don't think he fully understood the, the situation um, and he was upset because he's like, basically like, you know, he signed up for this. He should know that, you know, the military comes first. Uh, you got you know free education, yada, yada, yada. I understand that. But at the same time, right. If like, first of all, it's not like he's going to be in poor physical condition when he comes out of the, the NFL for whatever reason. Right. And so he can do his service later on, right? Even if you're a logistics officer when you're 32 and you've retired from the uh, from the NFL, you can still be effective, right? Because not only have you been on a team where you need to all coordinate, that's 99% of the military, you also, you also fulfill your service in whatever capacity there is. Because he was saying, oh, what if he gets injured? What if he tears an ACL? I go, yeah, that's nine months. Like if you tore your ACL in the, you know, serving in Afghanistan or Iraq, you would still have to sit out, right? So even if he tore it while he was in service or while he's in the NFL, it wouldn't matter at all because he would still not be participating in the thing that he got drafted into or signed up for or whatever. So I, I think for... Uh, Andre Carter, and like you said, this is going to be a huge boost for the military because everyone's going to be like, I can do both and just zip right on into West Point and sign the recruiting papers. Maybe not even I can do both. Maybe just, let's say he gets drafted to, I don't know, the Jaguars. Hypothetical. Kids in Jacksonville are going to grow up watching Andre Carter. If he's a stud, they are going to watch him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, oh, he went to West Point. I want to go to West Point because Andre Carter is my hero, whatever. Yeah. 
this will boost probably not their enrollment. I think they're pretty strict on how many kids they let in, but their applications. Yeah. And then the and it's already a prestigious institution. The more kids you reject, the more prestigious you are. Yep. That's how Harvard does it. Yeah, this will help them an unbelievable amount. And everyone's like, well, Roger Staubach had to do his military service. David Robertson did his. Well, okay, do you have any fucking examples from this century? <laughs> yeah, that was the next point I was gonna gonna chime in oh, on Jesus it. Didn't Christ. Bring it up. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, Army it's different football, fifty years ago. <laughs> Army football does not put guys in the NFL anymore. It it's just a fact. The I think the highest pick they've had in the last twenty years was maybe a sixth rounder. This is important to the prestige of Army football. Argue all you want about what he signed up for and his duty to his country, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Let the kid make his millions of dollars and be the face of Army football. Yeah, it's like, do you you think he's not proud of going to Army, you know, doing all these... You know, getting a degree, doing all these classes, and you know, being a leader in the army because he's a second lieutenant, I think, or he's going to be commissioned as a second lieutenant after all this is done. And you don't think he has the uh, the skills and the wherewithal to know how to not only lead a team but lead a you know lead troops into battle? I think he'll be fine, regardless of where he ends up. I think he'll be fine. Also, I think people are confused. We're in peacetime. The also military true. has been cutting back on the number of soldiers they have. It Does it suck losing an officer? Yeah, but you're not losing an officer. You're delaying getting one. Yeah. He has not at any point said, oh, I like I don't want to serve in the military at all. Yeah. I'm never doing no. about that. He he just wants to fulfill a lifelong dream of playing in the fucking NFL. Yeah, let him do it. Jesus Christ. We'll and also, precedent. Oh, shut up. Yeah, all right, cool. If you can get multiple guys of Andre Carter's caliber who want to go to Army and then go to the NFL draft, that's good for Army. Like, I don't, I don't see what the whole point of this is. Why are um, people? Why were people so pissed? Yeah, now Navy just needs some guy like Andre Andre Carter. Nah, nah, they're good. No, no, just no. They don't. Yep. They don't get him. We love the troops. We're a, we're a Go Army podcast. Oh, okay. I, I've unilaterally made that decision. <laughs> um, but but no, also props to the government for not doing the dumb decision for once yes, and just seriously. working together to get this done. Seriously, it kind of sucks. Our government, it takes some guy going to the NFL to get a bipartisan effort nowadays. But well, still, man, if it works, it works. Props. You got every bill from here until the end of the time should have an amendment attached to it that cannot be altered, cannot be removed, saying, oh, and also this random player on Army football this year <laughs> can go to the, the draft. NFL draft <laughs> if they're a sec if they're projected to be a second round pick or better. Oh, that would be hilarious. Oh my, we'd be in a utopia within five <laughs> years. Oh, gosh, don't I wish. Ah, that'd be nice. 
All right, Karen, you want to you wanna hop into our Week 16 review and our Week 17 picks? Let's do it. All right, Week 16. If this fucking spreadsheet wants to load. There we go. Uh, because there was a game last night, uh, I did not update it fully, but UConn lost, so it matters. Uh, so, no. the Fenway Bowl, Cincy versus Louis- Louisville. Kiernan had Cincy, 32-17. I had Louisville, 21-16. Louisville won 24-7. I was happy about that. They got their asses handed to them. Yeah. Jeez, it was bad. I, I was watching that. I was like, is Cincy going to like produce any offense whatsoever? And I really should have. I should have picked Louisville because I was just there two weeks prior to this game happening. Yeah, you really should have. Uh, and also, to answer your question, is Cincy going to produce any offense? Yes, exactly one. Yes. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Bowl featuring number 16, Oregon State, versus that bitch, Anthony Richardson's former team. Uh, Kiernan had Oregon State 28-14. I had them 32-15. Beavers won 30-7, so we both get a win there. Next up, the Cure Bowl, number 25, UTSA, versus number 24, Troy. Kiernan had Troy 30-28. I had UTSA 31-21. And UTSA blew a 12 nothing lead and lost 18-12. to So Kiernan gets a point there. It was actually really funny. I want to make a point because we were texting, and I said I actually turned this game on late, and the minute I did, <laughs> Troy started, started on an absolute run, and I was like, oh, Kevin is not going to be happy about this. No, I even texted you. I said UTSA has me ready to commit crimes. <laughs> 10 bowl games next week yeah uh, we're not picking very... 12 we're not picking 10 this week we're picking 10 next week depending on how this week goes he was very cross i was pissed uh and then finally the myrtle beach bowl marshall versus yukon karen had yukon 21 14 i had yukon 35 14 uh marshall won convincingly so that sucked i didn't see the game i didn't see the score i was at the bruins last night Nice. So that brings a total, no real change, 32 to 24. Kieran and I each got two wins that last week. But it's a new week. We're going to see how this goes. Like we said last week, Kieran's hoping I catch up a little bit so we pick less bowl games next week. (laughs) But we do have five this week, just because. First up, we have the Armed Forces Bowl. Baylor versus Air Force. Kickoff is on Thursday at 7.30 at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. That's TCU Stadium. Baylor's a minus 5.5 with a 47.5 over under. Kiernan, who are you, ro- who are you rocking with? Uh, I was really confused picking this game because I was like, oh, clearly Air Force is better at 9-3 and three than Baylor's 6-6. Six and six. But uh, I looked at the match predictor from ESPN, and it's uh, 69% Baylor- uh winning and 30% or 31% air force winning i guess i'm going to have to go with baylor cuz it's funnier uh so baylor 31 air force 14 fair i think you also overlooked the fact that baylor plays in the big 12 and air force plays in the mountain west uh yeah but baylor has been either dominating or comp- or losing horribly all year so they they either win 
or they lose horribly. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. That is fair. I'm going to go. I'm also going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go Baylor 42, Air Force 10. I was going to make it closer, but then you said they're either getting dominated or they're dominating. So I figured if they're winning, they're dominating. Okay, fair enough. Next up, Kieran, do you know what the fuck Gasparilla means? I don't know. Neither do I. I was just curious. Okay. Next up, we have the Gasparilla Bowl, Wake Forest versus Missouri. Uh, It's kickoffs Friday at 630 at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Wake Forest is a minus one with a 60 over under. I'm going to go with Missouri. I'm go Missouri 24 to, not 234, 24 to 17. You don't want to pick Sam Hartman? Oh, I forgot that. It, it Did that cutie Sam Hartman opt out? Uh Oh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he's playing. All right, well, that, that might change the answer. All right, I looked up Sam Hartman opt-out and the first result. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman's mental health awakening. We love a hot king in touch with his feminine side. Um, not feminine side, because that's not that's not right. But a man, a hot king in touch with his emotions. There you go. Uh, I swear to God, I'm going to date a girl. And she's like, oh, let me listen to your podcast. And I'm going to say shit like that. And she's like, all right, Kevin, we're going to date other people now. <laughs> Sam Hartman doesn't tend to play in... The bowl game. So that cutie Sam Hartman is changing my answer. Wake Forest, 24-17. If Missouri, if Missouri wins, I'm going to kill you, Karen. <laughs> Great. That's wonderful. Um, uh, I'm also going to go Wake Forest. And just to make it interesting, uh, it looks like you picked the uh, under, so I'll pick the over and make it more fun. I'll pick Wake Forest. Uh, let's see. 38, Mizzou 32. Okay, I'm also going to change. I'm going to make it 24-14. I don't know why. It just feels righter. Still the under, though. I didn't want to change it like that after you decide to go the over. Yeah, Next come on. Up, I'm, trying, have... I'm trying to make this more fun. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. That's why yeah. I made it more under. Great, great. Thank you. Next up, we have the Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State. Kickoff is Saturday at 8. At Clarence T.C. Ching Stadium in Honolulu, San Diego State's a minus seven with a 49 and a half over under. Kiernan, who do you got? Uh, give me San Diego State, uh, but not by much. Let's go with 35-30. Uh, it's an odd score, but I think that's what it's going to be. Fair. I'm going to go, I don't know. I think I'm also going to go San Diego State, honestly. Let's go San Diego State 33, no, uh, 28, Middle Tennessee 20. Yeah, I feel good about that. Next up, we have the Birmingham Bowl. Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina. Nice little Carolina off. This one is next Tuesday at 645. At Protective Stadium in Birmingham, ECU's a minus eight with a 62 over under. I'm going with the Pirates, partially because of friend of the show, Nitro Drive's YouTube series on the ECU Pirates. Go check out his YouTube channel. It was a great guest from last offseason. And also, Grayson McCall is not playing in this game. So I'm going to go ECU 35, Coastal 
Uh, I am going to go with uh, Coastal uh, just to make it fun and switch it up, but also coming off the loss to uh, a few weeks ago to Troy. Um, I think a little fire under their belly. Let's go uh, 28-21. There. Final game, the guaranteed rate bowl. Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. This game is also on Tuesday. Kickoffs at 10-15. Is at Chase Field in Phoenix. Wisco's a minus three with a 43 over under. Kiernan, who you got? Uh, give me Wisco. Um, I think they're just going to have the better defense all around. So, Wisco, what was the over-under? Okay. Uh, 43. 43. Uh, let's go Wisco. Oh, I'm, I'm concerned because I want to use the 28-21 again, but I don't want to seem so boring that it'll actually happen. Let's go 24-17, Wisco. I'm going to go... Oh, shit. Oklahoma State's quarterback's not playing either. Oh, is, is he not? No. We're still going to go with the Cowboys. The merch curse is gone. OK State, 35-2. to. 22. So let's see this this week we'll decide how many games we're picking for next week Kiernan. So this is this is an important one. It is. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's really going to determine how much hell you're in next Wednesday. Yeah, I I am both excited and scared. <laughs> Fair. Uh some news we did mention last week that Bobby Vitrino was Interviewing for the AM job, he ended up taking the UNLV offense coordinator position. By Vitrino in Las Vegas, what could go wrong? Uh, well, I can tell you what can go right, Kevin, is the fact that he doesn't have to deal with Jimbo Fisher. So that's always a positive. That's true. And also, I'm sure the all the prostitution houses in <laughs> Vegas, in Reno, houses. are really just... I was told I can't say the word. I, I was told I shouldn't say the word whore. Brothel. Uh, brothel. All the sex worker condos <laughs> are probably doing their renovations, currently expecting a large influx of cash. <laughs> I don't think Bayertrino was sleeping with a prostitute at the time. I think he was just cheating on his wife. But still. Uh, some transfer portal news. Deion Sanders' son has unsurprisingly entered the transfer portal. The surprising part is the fact that he has not committed to Colorado yet. Yeah, that is weird. Like, what else <laughs> do it. Nobody, like, <laughs> Deion already said you're playing for him. Yeah, like, who are you kidding? Like, is there, like, a, is there, a, like, a five business days that you need to wait before the transaction goes through? Is that the case? That's the, literally the only reason I can think of. Uh, he, they want to be safe to avoid. Well, no, because it wouldn't even bring up. It would already bring up tampering because Dion said he's playing for them. Yeah, it, that's the dumbest thing. Just, just commit right away. Uh, Jackson Hunter's also hit the transfer portal, and Colorado is one of his schools he's considering. So there's that. But yeah, I, I don't know why uh, his other son is staying at Jackson State. It seems though, so. 
Uh, speaking of tampering, there are some rumors flying around about the transfer portal. Jeff Trailer, UTSA coach, said that schools are offering his players money to hit the portal and come play for them. Uh, UNC coach uh, Mac Brown said something similar about Drake May and teams reaching out to him. And also Mississippi State linebacker, if it wants to load, Steve Robert. No, sorry, Mississippi State insider. Sorry, I thought it said inside linebacker. Mississippi State insider Steve Robertson said that some coaches are trying to poach players from the Bulldogs program after the death of Mike Leach. I think we all saw the first two coming. Uh, with Jeff Trailer saying and with Drake May. No, like, it's scummy, but no real issue. How big of a scumbag are you? That you're going to reach out to a coach, a kid, and say, hey, your coach just died. You want to come play for me instead? Yeah, that is scummy as all hell. The scummiest thing ever. But did we expect this, Kieran? Kind of, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I think the minute that the NIL deals were allowed, I think all rules kind of went out the, out the door. And it's essentially free agency with extra steps i mean like that's kind of what this is there's no like real contract binding them to a particular school um especially not a school like utsa so like you know if the money's there you take it because you can and there are no repercussions on your end there's only repercussions on the school end but by that time they're all by the time that's happened you're you have a winning season so who gives a crap by the time the investigation's over, you're in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, are they going to call you to testify into something that you, you happened to uh, sort of offhandedly experience when you were 19? No, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. I, I'd also like to point out, I because you mentioned earlier how Jeff Trailer he didn't like back up his claims. He just said, dear, at NCAA football, how does UTSA report Power 5 schools who are trying to poach our young talent? How much evidence do we really need to make this not be a part of our game? And you said that uh, what you were reading about it said that, that he didn't have anything to back it up. Uh, Washington State coach, I believe. What, yeah, Washington State coach Jake Dickert also said that the same thing happened to him. And Drake May, or Mac Brown said, I can't say who they are and don't ask Drake. You know who they are. Just look at all the ones who are getting all the top recruits. First off, I feel like that's probably a shot at Texas A&M. But also, just say the schools, please. Yeah. I just want one of these coaches to grab a mic at their next conference and go, and I'm not saying it definitely is, but hey, Jimbo, stop trying to get our fucking players to leave by paying them oil money. <laughs> you know, It'd be incredible. You know, Kevin, this is the real loss in college football. Because you know who would have had the balls to say that? Mike Leach. And he's no longer here with us. And that is the real tragedy here. We're feeling his loss more and more every day. I know. It's it's a catastrophe. It's a snowballing effect. That's all this is. But the other thing, to go to your point earlier about talking about the evidence, when you say in your tweet, Jeff, how much evidence do we really need to make this not part of our game, and then follow up with no evidence? It's really hard to justify your claim that any of this is happening. Sure, there can be speculation. Sure, there can be 
instances that you know of something occurring, somebody reaching out to your players and snagging them for better schools and better money. Say it. What's stopping you? What legal ramification is stopping you from naming players in tampering? Do it, coward. Yeah, I mean, legally there is none. Some commissioners will say like, hey, no, we're not squabbling in the press. Stop it. Which I think is a bad look for commissioners to do yeah, stuff like coward. that. But but no, like just have one of your veteran players who's getting offers record a phone call. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that, though. Because they're going to make more money going to Texas A&M. Well, what, no, I mean, like, if it's a mid-Power 5 school. Okay, fair enough. Like, if Missouri comes calling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mid-Missouri. Or, or, like, Nebraska, if Nebraska's calling. Although, I know I'm not saying I think Nebraska or Missouri would do this. I don't think Eli Derkowitz and uh, Matt Rule would do something like this. Just, just examples, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't know. I, I think it sucks. I think it's bad for college football. NIL is good, but the way that universities and coaches are exploiting it without the rules uh, is bad. But also back to the main point of this whole show, Mark Emmert's a fucking moron. If he had stopped kicking and screaming and dragging his feet about playing, paying players, he could have set down groundwork for this and rules in place and set forth punishments and made them strict. But no, he decided... He wanted modern-day slave labor, so there's that. Man, this is just making Charlie Baker seem like a breath of fresh air. No, he is. It's going to be great. (laughs) And I do want to bring up one more thing with Transport, because it's the funniest thing I've seen all day. A four-star safety from the U is transferring schools, Kiernan. Okay. Jalen Harrell, can you guess where he's transferring from the University of Miami? University of Miami, Ohio? No, he's tr- going from the U to the zoo. No, he's not. He's transferring to UMass Amherst. Oh my god. Why? Now, he was buried in their depth chart. Okay. And this is not a knock on UMass. I'm sure it's a fine school. <laughs> their football team is hot <laughs> fucking garbage. you think he would have the athletic ability to go to either a better Power 5 school or, like, a top group of 5 school. But no, he's going to spend his winters in Amherst instead of Coral Gables. Dude, you made the wrong choice. I don't care how bad you are. You don't transfer to UMass. You transfer out of UMass. I, I think, though, we're overlooking a very... Very obvious reason for why he's doing that. Why? Apparently, the lobsters, the lobster fishermen, have that bag for nil money. <laughs> That's how they make all the. You know what? You notice how all of the, uh, all of the lobster dishes say market price. Yeah. Well, next year they're going to be two hundred dollars a dish. However many top recruits we think we can get out of the portal, we're paying for that with the lobster money. Oh God! I just want to bring. Up, I thought it was hilarious when I saw this. That is that is the funniest thing ever. For those who don't know, Jared from the Corner Booth, a Miami fan, and there's a group chat for people who are on the Corner Booth a lot. And I said, imagine being a four star from Florida and transferring to UMass. 
Jared's analysis, dude was so bad in camp, he got dropped to the four spot on the depth chart. He said, but he's at least physically gifted enough to go to the U. He could go somewhere better. No idea. Maybe he's got a shit work ethic. So it could be that. I'm not positive, but... I mean, fourth string at U Miami is like first string at UMass. So, I mean, he's definitely going to get playing time. Is it, though? Ah, yeah. Come on, Kevin. For the last, like, five or six years, Miami's been a bad ACC school. No, I get that, but, like, at, I, I don't know. If you, I, if you even I make think it if to Miami, you're, you're better than— If you're fourth string at Miami, you're probably a backup at UMass. You're not starting. Uh, okay, I disagree, but we will wait to find out next season. Oh, you're, you're like, a backup who gets rotated in. Uh, yeah, well, hold on, is, is he, how old is he? Is he redshirt or what? What's the deal? No, I, he was, uh, I think he, I think it was the part of the 2020 class. Oh, okay. So he has the COVID year under him as well. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I still don't understand why you're going to UMass, but I mean, you do you, man. Yeah. Like you think you could, he could back up someone better. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I'm looking up. I mean, and also 6'2-210 safety, third year redshirt freshman, because yeah, so redshirt freshman COVID year. So third year redshirt freshman. Right. Played special teams with three total tackles. <laughs> he played in three games, larger at special teams, finished with three total tackles. Made a season debut against Central Connecticut State and totaled three tackles against them. <laughs> so in his other two Except, games... So he'll he... fit right in at UMass. Yeah. But, ah, oh, Jesus, dude, just pick a better school. Ah, oh, Yeah, so his career, he has seven games played with four tackles. Three solo, one assisted. No TFLs, no sacks, no forced fumbles, no pass defense, no interceptions. See, I don't think he's good enough to start at UMass. Dude, if you're if I don't care how bad the U has been in recent years. Like it, to make it onto the U is an accomplishment. To a power five school, come on, man. UMass is fucking nothing compared to U Miami. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not an accomplishment to get onto Miami's team, but I don't think he's starting at UMass right away. Uh-huh. Watch next year, he's going to have the greatest fucking season for yeah, a season yeah, ever. Yeah, he's going to get UMass to a bowl game and everything. Jesus. It's UConn had their chance or had their time as a bowl eligible team. It's UMass's turn. Yeah. Does it bother you that two of the worst teams in the country for college football are, like, from our region? No, that doesn't bother me at all, because we're trash at football. That's fair. I mean, if this was, like, I don't know, 1910, yeah, I would probably be upset, but I don't give enough of a shit. Fair. Well, that's it for this week. We will be back next week picking 10 bowl games so I can win. Or nine, and then we'll save the tenth of the natty. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone have a good, fun, safe weekend.
and enjoy the bowl games and Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah too. It is Hanukkah right now. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Have a safe, fun, happy, healthy holiday season. Don't drink too much, and if you do, don't drive. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandal, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year. Half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? 